you're listening to the Red Diamond Courier, an Elder Scrolls podcast. Here are your hosts, Bob Chichinsky and Dog Bark 24. Welcome, welcome, everyone. This is the seventh episode of the Red Diamond Courier. I am Bob Chichinsky, your resident necromancer, joined as always by Dogged Bark Twenty Four. How are you doing this week, Dogged? I am doing pretty good. And how are you? Oh, you know, great as always. Excited to talk about another fabulous week of the Elder Scrolls Online. Nice, nice. So, this week, uh, did did you know we do anything special, dog? Well, there's a couple things that we did special. I mean, there's obviously the Merkmeyer event that's going on. That we tried to run some um, vet Black Rose prison. Yeah, we did, and <laughs> it was pretty intense. Honestly, the. Uh, Vet Black Rose Prison, man, we did our best, and we brought our best uh, endgame squad back together and moved swiftly, honestly, into the fourth arena, feeling pretty good about ourselves, and wow, we were taught a lesson, <laughs> suffice to say, man. That fourth arena, when they start bringing literally, hey, here's everything you faced so far at the same time into one thing. That was pretty intense. Yep. I know. I uh, goaded out a couple different sets to try to give us the upper advantage, and it did not work. (laughs) Yeah. As well as my or our good friend Grammaton making sure that we stayed in the dungeon live for quite a while. But, yeah. That was an insane challenge, and definitely, I wasn't expecting it to uh, to sit us down like that, but I we was. ended up having to pass out. You were, okay, well, that's good, at least you were, I guess. But yeah, that is definitely our uh, vet Black Rose Prison news for the week. We went into it and almost made it. We made it to the boss of the fourth round. Yeah, I knew it would be very uh, challenging, and I mean, we, I mean, like you know, our first run, we only got it, we couldn't even beat the first boss. So this That's time true. around, we got so much farther. Yeah, when it came out, we tried, we beat it on normal, and then we're like, oh, cool, let's go into veteran. Died on first boss immediately. We're like, okay, we have learned our place. So we've come a come quite a ways in that year and a half or so. So, now that we've uh, got through kind of our dastardly deeds for the week, this episode we're going to be talking about what's going on in ESO this week, as always, giving our latest PvP updates, and going into the main points of the Harrowstorm patch notes to see exactly what kind of Elder Scrolls we're going to be living with for the next few months. So... This week in ESO, we have new DLC for the PC players. Me and Dog, we're over here just chilling, you know. We're we're just getting ourselves ready for that uh, sweet March 10th release date. 
However, we're going to pump you up all for Harrowstorm. We are on the train, ready to go. We just can't hop off in any of the dungeons. You know, we just got to chill. Update 25 and Harrowstorm, as we are recording on Monday, has been released for our PC brethren. And we hope you can brave the storm <laughs> alone without me and dog. Nice. Well, the Merkmire event is still going strong, so we could we can tell you guys about our afterthoughts about Merkmire. Yeah, so we've got this Merkmire event going. It's been a few days now, and there has definitely been some highs and lows of it already, to be honest. Yeah, the boxes for this event... uh. I thought that they would have been kind of similar to the Undaunted ones, where we could get more than just one one guaranteed drop a day, and we could get, like, you know, hundreds of boxes if you really grinded in the event, and that really isn't the case. Yeah, what I would have liked to seen was that there would be uh, one special Markmire box a day that guarantees a memento piece, and then... You know, a commonly dropped box, let's say 75% chance, with random loot in it, and a low chance of getting memento pieces. And as uh, someone in the the forums had said that it's always nicer to be able to open up 100 boxes and get nothing you wanted, but given stuff like materials or gold, than to open up maybe two two boxes and have really bad luck and get nothing yeah i mean at least they're kind of doing it where it's like you're not gonna get duplicates right that's how it seemed for me because every time i get a box luckily for me i'm getting a fragment of mainly the voriplasm but you could get memento on the gravestake too yes that is true But for this event, it's a 13-day event, and there's 14 unique parts. Yeah, that's true. And you're guaranteed 13 Merkmire Strong Boxes. But each Merkmire Strong Box is not guaranteed to have one of the unique parts. Yeah, and considering how hard it is just to get one a day, I mean, I've got two, I think, one day. I got two boxes, so... It's tough, especially if you're only getting one a day to get every single piece that you're hoping for. Yeah, I think like a 10 to 20% chance drop rate would have been much nicer because it'd be like a 1 out of 10 hypothetical, you know, scenario where if you kill at least every 50, if you kill 15 bosses or get 15 chances, then you're probably going to get one box, which is, you know, pretty decent. Yeah. I mean, I could kind of see how it makes sense for them to do it like not a guaranteed chance of getting everything because as um, I was hearing Arkanir talking about in the Tales of Tamriel, who wants to say in Merkmire if it's not going to be for... Like, they're, they're giving you a reason to go there, you know? Like... Go chill in Merkmire for a bit, and you'll probably get some tickets and a cool box, and maybe two here or there. I mean, that's the point of the event, right? Kind of? Yeah, I mean, I I can see that. I think it would have been nicer to 
maybe have the instead of having you know seven unique parts for each one maybe have like four or five that sounds good honestly five of each on a 13 day event sounds pretty good yeah so i'm sure everyone has been seeing zone chat and people on twitter and everyone is people are having trouble they're struggling trying to get their boxes and their tickets that was happening a lot at the start i think somewhere they might have snuck some kind of ninja fix in there because personally (laughs) i went from getting no box the first day to getting a box my first boss that i kill however i've been specifically making sure that the first thing i go do when i get to Merkmire is go kill the boss to make sure i go get my tickets so maybe that's helping but yeah it's been consistent for me and i hope that it's getting better for everyone else overall yeah and unfortunately for our friend Grammaton, uh, he's been very unlucky for these first day, four days. He has gotten four drops, but only one of his four boxes actually gave him the, uh, you know, when the unique parts for a memento or pet. So he has had yeah. some very, very, very <laughs> bad RNG. <laughs> yeah, it's bad RNG. I mean, it would be cool if they gave you a guaranteed drop maybe each box but i guess you take what you can get which sometimes <laughs> is one per four but you know yeah so the one thing that's cool about this event even though we've been hearing all this toxicity not a lot not as much as major mayhem at least but there has been a little bit of frustration with getting the boxes and stuff But there's a lot of good out there as well. Yeah. Overall, you know, we've had a very helpful community, especially in the Xbox NA server. When you uh, look past the common trolls that talk to each other in zone chat, which happen. (laughs) There's a lot of those. Yeah. But like, you know, what, what you could just, you know, you get used to it and you just ignore them. For Xbox, you can just block them and be done with them. So, dude, my block list is way too long to even bring up. If you could honestly see it, it'd probably be, <laughs> oh my god, it's scary how many players I've blocked from toxicity. Yeah, but after you look look about uh, after you look past all that, uh, some of the uh things that we have seen is like part of the uh you know Merkmeyer challenge is doing the main quest, so you get that third daily. And in zone, people were asking if the story quest was glitched on a couple bosses. And the zone feedback was to, oh, yeah, if you just leave the, you know, whatever it is, uh, like, not on a delve, but, you know, like, kind of like that other, like, instance area. area. Yeah, instance area. That works. Yeah, but if you would leave and re-enter, then it would kind of fix itself. And that's a whole lot better than just, you know, re-deleting the quest and having to redo it from the start. Another uh, kind of tip that, that uh, people were answering is, like, questions on boxes and tickets, which was answered by Zone Chat fairly quickly with, you know, pretty much accurate uh, results. So... You know, people were giving the stuff that they needed to know. Yeah, and it's so awesome that Zone Chat is taking the time to help each other out. 
Especially when everyone was forced into Serial during the last kind of binger mayhem event and zone chat may not have been the most friendly place for a lot of people to <laughs> uh go ask for help or do stuff like that so it's really cool that people are taking time to try and help people out during this event instead of just being like where do i get tickets and then the response you get is go look at google you know like okay calm down if you're just not going to be helpful then just don't reply, you know? Let the people that want to be helpful be helpful, and that's cool to see, honestly. Yeah. Uh, one of the more random things that I saw was somebody asking how you get bait to do fishing stuff. And, you know, the nice thing about Merck Myers is that you have those grub baskets found pretty much all over, all over the region. And what they have is the bait. So that's kind of something that I... I didn't even know about until I was like, oh, yeah, they do have bait all the time. That's pretty nice, especially if you get like a bunch of worms, which is pretty hard to get normally. So, yeah, definitely. So there's one thing about Merkmeyer that I will personally admit it is not my specialty. And until Dog brought them up tonight, I was kind of like, wait, uh, what? I just thought there were random people yelling at me at Way Shrine. So, I'm going to let Dog take you into these random Merkmire events for a little bit. So you can uh, not feel like me so randomly getting yelled at at a Way Shrine. Yeah, well, if you go to the Black Rose Prison Way Shrine, there's a few different random events that uh, when you talk to them, like you can have a conversation with. Two of them that I wrote down was the Tiba Hatse, aka the Hip and Tail Ball, and what and this one is two Argonians and a confused Wood Elf arguing over how to play the game. And if you, I mean, it's a kind of a nice little story. Like you learn more about the game, and you can either help the Wood Elf or troll the Wood Elf. So depending on what kind of person you are, then you can either help him or troll him. The other event is the coin purse, and this is my favorite one. And what happens is that the angry gr- angry guy, I think he's an Imperial, he drops his coin pur- purse, and a root house tribe pick it up. So when you load at the way shrine, you'll hear uh, the Argonian say, You lost it, and I found it, so therefore it is my coin purse. And then when you talk to the Argonian and the Imperial... Or you can either intimidate intimidate the Argonian to give it back to him, or you can tell, or you can persuade the Imperial to just go home because he got the gold from selling like Argonian relics. (laughs) (laughs) I love some of those quests in Merkmire, man, or even I guess just the random events. They have just great story written in them. Yeah. Now, me personally, I wish I could have told the Argonian, and I quote. And I've been provided many ways to kill you, so it's my coin purse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honestly, that really sounds like something you would say. That sounds like something I've heard from you far too many times towards evil NPCs. <laughs> yeah, and actually the first part of that is uh, what the original Intimidate is. So if instead of saying, so it's my coin purse, you... uh kind of tell the Argonian to give the Imperial back his gold. (laughs) 
All right, man. So we've cleared up all that has gone on so far during this Merkmeyer event. Now we have for all of you crazy, awesome PvP people, the leaders of Call Granted. However, we have a crazy occurrence. There's a new campaign involved on PC. We have gone from Call Granted being the main big 30-day alliance locked CP campaign to Grey Host. Now, personally, I think this campaign should have been named Blackreach. And let's be honest, give the best campaign the best name should have been Blackreach. But I'll take Grey Host and I will pump it up. So it's better than Call Granted and I am not a complainer. So I will take what I can get. PCNA, Grey Host, welcome to your first day of campaigning. The scores are very tight because they just reset, I mean, hours before. My PC was downloading all day. So yeah. There's very tight scores. We have All Married Dominion in first place, which I'm not going to lie, maybe the first time <laughs> that we have seen All Married Dominion in first place in anything. But hey, way to go, guys. You're in first place with 1,266 points. A very slim margin behind, you're looking at the Daggerfall Covenant with 1,204 points, only about 60 behind. And a mere about 50 points behind that is the Ebonheart Pact at 1,191. So, like I said, we're talking about day one scores. These are tight. They got a whole nother month of going. I wish that I really could say I know what team one considering it was this shortened campaign where i reset i'm gonna go ahead and just assume Ebonheart pack claim that victory again and i'm gonna give a shout out to you guys if i'm wrong go ahead and i would love to see some dc players slap me in the face and say we had a comeback but other than that way to go ep so as far as xbox na goes we only have four days left and things are unfortunately not as tight as the last server. We have the Ebonheart Pact leading at 81k, Daggerfall Covenant in second at 74k, and the All Mary Dominion in third at 69k. So, as it comes to a close, Ebonheart Pact is growing a substantial lead, and the Daggerfall Covenant. Needs to get the anchor out of its pants and get up there. Dogged, why don't you deliver us some Xbox EU scores? Alright, so this time when I logged into the EU server, we were just about to get up. So, unfortunately, we are still in last place for this. But, in first place is EP with 91k. AD with 71k. And DC with 67k. But hopefully in these last four days that, you know, DC steps it up and we pass 
the Outer Mary Dominion and come in second place. Come on, DC. Let's not finish at all and last for one month. Right, dog? Right. So, we, as always, want to give a little bit of a big shout-out to our homie, Lotus of Doom, from Tales of Tamriel, PS4, ESO, Master. Gives us the scores, and this week, (laughs) I am so glad to bring you the fact that Daggerfall Covenant is leading 87k over the Ebonheart Pact at 72k. And the Elmeri Dominion brings up the rear at 65k. So, well, we finally lead one, dog. The days are closing down, and I feel like this might be the only one we win. So, we have to take a little bit of happiness out of it, I guess? Right. (laughs) At least we have the one. So yeah, by the time we come back to you guys next week, we will have the victors for the console campaigns, and I hope that we'll be talking a lot of DC, even though some of them have a long bit of coming back to do. So now, as always, we want to take this little bit of our middle show break to remind you that we are a part of the wildly oh-so-popular Robots Radio Podcast Network. Where you can find us and many other great shows at robotsradio.net. This week, we want to give you the opportunity to hear about one of our other awesome shows, Chad, a Fallout 76 story, who actually, by the way, were invited to put on an episode of their podcast live on stage at PAX East this weekend live streamed to you guys to see and this is going to be just after the eso kind of trivia show hosted by none other than creative director rich lambert and the dungeon lead mike finnegan two very awesome people it's sure to be a great show and you can catch an episode of one of our awesome robots radio podcasts right after live a super awesome event so here's the ad for them we hope you give all of them a check out this weekend in a world where solid state electronics and vacuum tubes are still meta people never stop loving atomic powered everything a chosen 500 stepped inside a subterranean vault to be spared the nuclear horror of the inevitable Great War. 25 years later, they emerge after the fallout settles to retake Appalachia. Among them, two former rivals whose blood feud will tear West Virginia apart in their epic struggle for survival. Chad, a vault bro who has a strength of 15, an intelligence of two, and is a complete wasteland dickhead. Simon, a complicated anti-hero who chooses light and hope, but accidentally becomes a cannibal, and wakes up naked and afraid with a Scorch Beast Queen after a date goes terribly wrong. What? I mean, it's a wild wasteland, right? 
This dark humor radio drama will have you driving off the road and crawling out from under the fallout. Two men. One wasteland. And so many nukes. Chad, a Fallout 76 podcast. Rated R. Now streaming on your holotape player podcasting thing. All right, so that was awesome. Now we are so excited. And I know we literally started like a bunch of different segments that we want to talk about in the last month. But hey, that's what starting a podcast is all about, right? So this is a segment we are not going to do too many times a year. Literally planning four times a year. It's called Patch Notes. Yeah, that's right. We're talking about patch notes, <laughs> and we're not going to go too deep into every little one that comes out, but when there's a DLC that drops, and it's going to affect how you play Elder Scrolls for the next three months of the year, we're going to talk about it, because it literally means so much to us. So, right now, we're talking Harrowstorm patch notes. They just came out. PC players are living this experience as we speak. Dogged. How awesome is it that they get to live it before us? And what can they get out of these dungeons by just exploring them? I mean, it's awesome for them, but, you know, we are not so lucky. <laughs> but, you know, Harrowstorm, it's the dungeon DLC. Uh, there's an emote you can get for entering either of the dungeons. It's called the Wicker Man Mishap. And then the two dungeons, they are, in case you don't know what a dungeon is, it's the four-player PvE content that has the normal and veteran difficulties. So the first one is Ice Reach. As you know, most dungeons, there's sets that go in it. And the light armor is Hades Hearth. The medium armor is Titanborn Strength. And the heavy armor is Banny's Torment. And then the monster is Mother Cyanonate. And then you can get the Lyris Ice Reach Battle Axe style by defeating all the bosses on Veteran. Now for the sets, the uh, Titanborn Strength was the most intriguing of the three. But we won't be able to kind of know much about it until it's released for us yeah and as far as these kind of sets go we're gonna just let you guys do your due diligence on them look they're out there for you guys to find they have the list on the forums and there are already multiple sites that are updated with them so we're gonna let you guys check them out and we're gonna save them specifically for our dungeon episode guide on them later down the road so that's why we're just going to kind of go over them let you guys know what their their names are at the very least and what you could get out of these dungeons and then keep rolling them through them yep the uh second dungeon is the unhallowed grave the light armor set is the Draugrkin's grip uh, this is an interesting Magicka damage set that I plan on trying out whenever it comes out. The medium armor is called Aegis Collar, and the heavy armor is called the Grave Guardian. 
And this set looks like it's going to be a decent tank set for dungeons, PvE, pretty much everything overall. And then the monster set is Jalnair's Nightmare. Yeah, and personally, I am very excited for this monster set because it applies a lot of damage to an enemy when you hit them. Like, it either knocks them back or it hits them for an insane amount of damage. So, I am very excited about that because my main thing is stunning players. Oh, yeah. I'm not super worried about them being stunned or not. I'm just worried about them applying that extra crazy amount of damage. Seems cool to me. Yep. The interesting to get that you get from this dungeon is the blood rune face markings. It's when you get the knock knock achievement, which is when you discover Voria's sanctum and killing the beast that's inside of it. So that'll be interesting. So that's pretty much for doing it on veteran, right, Doc? I mean, I think you can probably do it on normal or veteran, similar to the uh, March's Sacrifices one. I think that for veteran, it's going to be more like you get the skin like Depths of Malatar. You know what I'm saying? Ah, okay. That's kind of the big thing out of it, instead of a skin. So you're going to get some no-death, hard mode, and speedrun achievements. You're going to be looking at titles. And a couple of them seem pretty cool. Yes. Witch Hunter looks cool. Is that for one of them, dog? Probably Ice Reach, right? Yep. I would assume so. Nice. Okay. I like that. And then, of course, we'll be getting one of those awesome Undaunted Bust and Trophies that my house is swiftly running out of room for. Yeah. But the... I think is the best part of these dungeon DLCs is for the ESO Plus members, there's a new die. And I love the die. Dude, those dies can be amazing. The chrome one we got for March of Sacrifices. And not to mention the purple necromancer one we got from Scale Caller or just that DLC in particular. Wow. I run that on my Necromancer at all times. So, yeah, it's a really important thing for me. So, one of the important things that came with Update 25 that we want to specifically mention because it was a big deal for a lot of the PC players, as expected, and all console players are going to have to go through it too. You're going to be re-downloading the game. And if it works for PC as a different console, you're going to have to have double the space ready of the game so it can re-download the entire client and then delete the proportionate files after. It was a complicated process, and I'm not going to act like I know all the jargon that made sense in between it but regardless if you can allow the client to re-download itself without deleting it then that's going to be the fastest way to make it happen i hope that you can do that dog 
Yeah, I hope so too. I know space is a difficult thing for me right now on my Xbox, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think ESO takes up like 140 gigs, so yeah. But there's going to be a lot of performance improvements out of it. Hopefully, we have very bright, optimistic outlooks on this. So, let's keep cruising through these patch notes. We've got some Cyrodiil updates now. And they kind of went through some updates. They're going to mess with Fallen Drug. I wish I could sit here and tell you there's going to be a new artifact. But we're going to wait for that because they haven't announced it yet. And one day they will. I have faith. Yep, for Volandrog, they updated many of the damage and scaling modifiers for this Daedric artifact. As well as they have uh, matched the uh, visual effects. So some of the skills have shorter cast times now. Such as the Malakath's Revenge and Rorkin's Rebuke. Well, I guess that's pretty important to anyone that can actually grab Von Drug because I can guarantee you that I have a way too much trouble trying to get that thing. Yep, yeah, and it's you know spawns so it doesn't spawn frequently, which is good in its own sense. But one thing that's good in its own sense is the. <laughs> new campaigns and we're talking pvp names of campaigns specifically because you've got all of these dragon type names transforming to more tamrielic names i guess you're looking at gray host to replace call granted then black reach will be the new 30-day CP non-alliance locked. Raven Watch will be the same without CP. Ice Reach will be the under 50 campaign. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Zoss. At least you're giving me a little bit of an easier time than having to say call granted five times a week. <laughs> right, Doc? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, a, one of the changes is that Grey Host will now be the only Alliance Locked campaign from here on out, at least for the next few months. So, Yeah, which is quite the change, but I mean, I could see why they're trying to do it, but I hope that they continue to aim towards more Alliance Locked campaigns in the end. We'll see what happens. So we have a few new crafted sets, which might seem a little crazy, and honestly, kind of took us out of surprise. And I hope that they can stand up for, you know, what you would expect out of crafted sets, because they're straight from Cyrodiil. Right, dog? Yes. They have one for each town, Velasteris, Bruma, and Cropsford. The first of Velasteris is going to give you crit resistance twice and max health. 
It's five piece buff is going to give you when you take critical damage, reduce the attacker's crit chance and crit damage for nine seconds. An enemy can only be affected once every 10 seconds. Yes. Now, as far as the set from Bruma goes, I'll let Dog deal that out to you. Alright. Bruma has the Unchained Aggressor. The first buff is Max Stam. Then you get some Stam Recovery. Then you get Weapon and Spell Damage. And then the fifth piece is... After you break free, you gain Major Berserk for 6 seconds. And then this can occur once every 16 seconds. But the extra 25% damage done will always be helpful. Unfortunately, you have, you know, 6 seconds to be like, okay, break free, now spam, you know. You have that 6 seconds to get your burst in while you have the extra 25% damage done. And the last set is going to be craftable from Cropsford. It's called the Dauntless Combatant Set. It's going to give you max stam, health, and magicka on the way up to its five piece. Which is max health and when you are affected by disabling effect, you automatically break free for literally no cost. However... This can only happen once every 21 seconds. Alright, next up we have the collectibles that we that you can use from the Arena Gladiator proofs. So the first one is the Knight's Resolve. Uh, it has cost 20 of the proofs. And you get a random style page for the Knight of the Circle style armor. And then the other one is the Knight's Rebuke which is 40 proofs. And then this is the random weapon style page for the Knights of the Circle style. And then these can be traded with other players. So Bob, do you want to go ahead and tell us what you think about these? Yeah, I hope that they're very awesome considering how much the arena costume is worth now. I mean, honestly. Now, we're very excited to get you and do some of the specific details on the Harrowstorm notes. And one of the main ones is the AoEs. And the big thing about this is that they are no longer going to cost an arm and a leg to cast. And then these AoEs include Volley, which is from the bow. This one is reduced to 3510 from 4500. And then the following which is Boneyard from the Necro, Lightning Slash from the Sark, from the Sork, Shards from the Templar, Wall of Elements from Destro Staff, and Blade Cloak from Dual Wield has been reduced by about 1,200, which is a total of 3,780. AoEs really needed some love. I understand why they tried to buff them up, but it really hurt. And it really hurt a lot of people who were trying to learn magic DPS and could not handle the sustain. I mean, even as my macro, doing everything I could with a Breton, wearing false gods, 
Still, it's tough to try and slap on a set like New Moon and still feel like you can make it through a parse. And, you know, let's say you have five Light Armor piece, you have the Breton and False God. That's right, that right there is the, would be 25%, and then, you know, cost reduction, and then New Moon is an extra 5%. So really, you're sitting at 20% cost reduction, which is crazy. Yeah. So, let's keep moving on through these notes. We wanted to hit the specific changes to the class abilities, yeah, mainly, that have come out. And I am super excited to go through the necromancer abilities, as you can imagine. And for one reason I'm so excited is because they have made... All the corpses that you create last longer, from Blast Bones to the Skeletal Mage and the Skeletal Mender. They all last a bit longer for you, so it will help with the fact that they have also tried to fix the tether to make it where it will hit the most closest thing to whatever you're targeting. Now, the only thing that I can hope for is that it's not going to continue to target the whatever is dead right behind you. Not do damage to the thing in front of you, because that can be quite a problem. Now, the best part about the improvements to the Necro, as far as I'm concerned, is going to be that boon on the blast bones yep i know a lot of times your blast bones we just walk up to a boss and start <laughs> talking to him <laughs> chatting with solid. him like oh hey have you had a good day <laughs> like you know let's uh let's trade each other's emails and talk about relationships and everything yeah and then he go it goes ahead and does his thing and then you call <laughs> on another hey i know i my friend we just talked to you yeah <laughs> Right, exactly. Alright, dog. So now that I've kind of cruised through these ridiculous, awesome necromancer fixes that are going to make us the most OP class next you know, quarter, why don't you talk about the Templar and we'll start cruising through the rest of the classes. Alright, so the Templar, uh, Nova and its morph will now have a negative telegraph. So this is really good. So now you'll be able to tell if the Nova is there to help you or if it's going to kill you, which is really helpful in PvP and uh, Vet Dragonstar Arena. And then the passive in the Restoring Light Tree is Sacred Ground Passive. And this is no longer going to slow down your enemies, but instead it's going to increase the block mitigation by an additional 10%. Now, as a Templar, I definitely know how annoying it is to walk across someone's Purify and be super slowed because it's just a passive. So I am okay with this change, and I and it'll be awesome because I will no longer be slowed. So our next class is the Dragon Knight. The first one is the Flame Lash Morph. 
The Power Lash can now also be used to cast on enemies that are immobilized. Next up is Stone Fist. Activating will now stomp the earth, causing you to deal damage in an area around you after a short cast time. And then this generates three charges of the, of the ability. Activating it again will allow you to lob one of the earthen spears around you to an enemy up to 28 meters away. And then the final charge will stun the enemy hit upon dealing damage. So instead of the first one being a stun, now the last one is a stun. And then they reduce the cost of this ability and Stone Giant by 1200. And then the Stone Giant Morph applies the stagger to enemies, which slows them down. And that that's applied to the initial hit. So instead of it being throughout the whole thing, in this morph, you still get the slowness that you apply to your enemies. Now, Sorks, they have their unstable familiar pet. And their activatable ability of this and the volatile familiar morph was decreased by about a thousand. So they'll have a better sustain, which is always good to come across. Sustain is never bad to come across, that's for sure. Yeah. I know you love the warden, so you can go ahead and go with the warden. <laughs> yeah, honestly, the warden is one of my favorites. I'm not going to go ahead and lie. So I can gladly tell you that there's not a whole lot of changes to it. However, there is one change. The Winter's Embrace, the Glacial Presence Passive. It will now also increase your critical damage against enemies and critically heal against allies who have been recently afflicted with the chilled status effect. Still a slight change that you should definitely be aware of, at least if you're maining a warden. So, now we've gone through a lot of the class changes we have, and we want to make sure we go into the weapon skill changes they also have, because there's quite a few. Specifically, one of the important ones we have is the two-handed skill change. We recently saw Dizzy Swing go from a straight-up stun to an off-balance. And now we're going to see it go Berserker Strike, which it's going to go reduce the damage done by approximately 16%. And Uppercut is going to stun enemies who are already off-balance. The important part of that is... There's a lot of ways to set your target off balance, and if you're timing your your dizzy right, you're gonna deal a lot of damage, and you're gonna definitely get back to how powerful you felt if you're landing them at all times before they took the stun away. At least I think so. Yep. So the next one is the vampire, which has the drain essence ability. And this one will have the stun will occur after the completion of its little blood-sucking ability instead of the initial hit, which makes sense. 
Yeah, but I mean, they're also going to change the entirety of Vampire in like four months, right? So, hmm. Also true. (laughs) So one thing I know that is close to your heart, dogged, is the shooting star. And what's going on with the dispatch? Alright, so obviously I think what happened was that Xenomax, me pulling the entire dungeon and spamming the shooting star on poor fungal grotto one bosses or pretty much any basic dungeon and just spamming it until I can't until it's dead. So now the shooting star morph will no longer grant ultimate when you hit the corpses. Well, as much as I can wish that it would still grant you (laughs) (laughs) a billion meteors per uh, dungeon or whatever. As long as it makes us not fly 10 miles into the air in PvP, (laughs) I'll be happy. Or they can always just change the destruction instead of knocking them down, they get knocked up into the air. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess that would work too, fair enough. So, we also have a lot of item sets to get through here. Dogged. Alright, the first one is Armor of the Truth. It has a different proc requirement. Now it's whenever you deal damage to an enemy who is off balance, your weapon damage is increased by 460 for 10 seconds. What's the difference in the proc requirement as compared to before? Before, the truth set was whenever you made an enemy off balance. Oh, it gave you okay. the extra weapon damage. Okay. Now it's whenever you just do damage to an enemy who is already off balanced. So if you are a Templar, you can use that uh, javelin. And then, or if you're just with a magic person, they can use the uh, wall, one of the wall of elements. I think the frost one, which puts people off balance. Yeah. Or maybe it's the lightning. I think it might be the lightning. And that kind of leads straight into our next set, the Briarheart set, which also gives a larger increase in the chance for proc as it gives you critical damage, or when you deal critical damage, you have a 25% chance to increase your weapon damage by 450 for 10 seconds. While this effect is active, your critical strikes heal you for 378 health. This effect can occur once every 15 seconds. So this has always been a great set. And they did do a couple changes on it. I think that since it gives you a higher percentage of a proc chance, there's no real reason to go against against it if you were already kind of thinking about it yep unless if you're me and you know i see that there there's not a hundred percent uptime so i kind of shy away from that kind of proc set speaking of proc sets we have a couple more that got changed we have elfbane that increased the damage over time and I know that's going to be big for DKs. It is the flame damage over time ability. It's not just any dots. Yes. Not just any dots, no. 
flame specifically. That's why DK is going to be all over the set, from what it seems like at least. But I have always wanted to get my mag DK back in PvP. So, you know, who knows, right, dog? Now, how about this Galarian's Revenge set? Alright, so this set, it, uh, you can get five stacks, which is... So this set requires five stacks, and you can get a stack for light and heavy attacks. It now does about 9.5k damage when detonated. And then there's one second cooldown for a stack. And there's no cooldown after the explosion. So personally, I like this set. And I might try it out. Because whenever I fight of someone in PvP, I jab and I weave light attacks in between each jab or each dot. So I can easily get these five stacks every second. And get that extra... 9.5k damage or about 4k damage when you uh, take the PvP 50% cost reduction or damage reduction applied. So, outside of Galarians and the other sets we've talked about, there was a kind of a big nerf to one of the major sets, Ice Heart, a monster set. They took the shield down to 5k and reduced the overall damage output to 500. I believe that's per second or something like that. But although it may be one of the bigger nerfs, it was for a specific reason to pull its shield more in line with some of the others. So it makes sense. Yep. So, another big change in Update 25 is the Battlegrounds. And one of the big changes that there's only solo queue available. Yes, and that is quite a big change. And if you're wondering, like, wait, what? Only solo queue? Yes, you did not hear that incorrectly. There will be only a way to queue as a solo player. And overall, I think this will make the Battleground experience better. And the queues will be shorter. And hopefully, you'll stop loading in with two people with four and the other team having only two players. Oh my god, that would be amazing. (laughs) I'm so tired of that. Plus, you know, if I queue with you at the same time, I could finally... Slay your uh, mag crow in the battleground. (laughs) (laughs) Don't get cocky now, alright? Another thing that they're doing is that they're resetting the battleground matchmaking rankings. So, this will kind of set off so that everyone will start off at, like, you know, the same rank. And then as you continue on, like, it'll get be good players matched with good players and... Super sweaty tryhards will play against the super sweaty tryhards, hopefully. Hmm. And then, you know, your more casual PvPers will hopefully be placed against the more casual PvPers. But this will probably take a little while before it kind of gets to where it's like that again. Now, one of the uh, things that Bob and I both like 
is that they are only using the initial launch of the Oud Karak map. And what the newer launch was is that it was just this really tiny battleground and everything was all closed together, clumped up. The way how I could explain it, it was like the, uh, it looked just like the little arena you do in Gold Coast where you just have that little one, that little like little room and then there's stairs up that you can go up above and then you can run around the two sides if you don't know which one that one is. But yeah, it was really close. There's very kiteable. It was very, it was very different from all the battlegrounds, and it, the you know community didn't really like that battleground as much. So really happy that they are taking this one out. All right. So now at this end of the show, we're gonna kind of give you some random fun stuff that I found through these patch notes, like the Dragonhorn Curio will no longer put a dragon horn in the hands of unsuspecting bystanders which mainly means <laughs> me <laughs> even though i'm sure you'll be blasting it in the face of way shrines all over still. <laughs> which means i can't be like underneath bob or above bob or hiding away from bob and blasting a noise and be like man where is this coming from oh there's this dragon horn thing in me and i don't have my headset on <laughs> what dog must be trolling me again <laughs> classic yeah. Another thing I saw is that Molakina is now correctly categorized as a Daedra. So this makes me question, where are you, Cliviathorn? Are you going to come back in a future dungeon DLC with Abner Tharn repairing and the Prophet, you know, saving his wife? Who knows? <laughs> where art thou, Cliviathorn? Something like that, right? Yep. <laughs> so, Doug, we cruised through all kinds of Harrowstorm patch notes this week, a little bit of the Merkmar event, and all kinds of ESO news, as usual. Why don't you tell the people a little bit where, if they want to contact us, they can find the show, The Red Diamond Courier. You can find the show on Twitter at Red Diamond Cast. We now have a Facebook page. Thanks to Dog. Yep. And then we also have the our Xbox skill, which is Heirs of the Red Diamond. You can catch us on the Robots Radio Podcast Network at robotsradio.net, where you can find a link to go join their Discord. They have all kinds of awesome channels for you, including ours specifically, where you can hit up me and Dog. Talk about all things Elder Scrolls, and we are glad to help you with anything you need, especially if you're on Xbox. We can get you into our guild and come hang out. And if you were wondering, our music is created and produced by the all-talented Daniel Nisley, whose contact information can be found in the show notes, as always. And... If you enjoyed our show, we would so greatly appreciate it if you guys go on Apple Podcast and drop us a five-star review with some words or not. We will give you a shout-out either way, and if you leave some specific dialogue, we'll be glad to read it out and shout-out on the show. We would appreciate it deeply. It helps us get our podcast to more listeners which is the eternal goal right yep agreed so 
Speaking of awesome five-star reviews, we have a new one to go over this week from the oh-so-great-and-legendary Janzer, who says, Great mix of chill and specific with a focus on PvP, but doesn't leave out PvE content. Love the show. Well, thank you, Janzer. We are so glad to share a whole view of Tamriel, which has kind of always been our goal, a little bit at least. Thank you for leaving a five-star review. It means more than you know. And Dogged, if anyone specifically wants to get a hold of you, where can they do it? You can find me on Xbox or Twitter at DogBark24. You can also find me on Facebook if you go through the page uh i'm dogged bark you know just dog in the first name then space bark and yeah so (laughs) so if you go dogged and bark you're gonna find you (laughs) yeah pretty much i should be the only one (laughs) (laughs) and if you want to find me it's gonna be bob chichinsky on xbox and bob underscore chichinsky on pc eso twitter and twitch Bob underscore Chinsky. Once again, we are the Red Diamond Courier at Red Diamond Cast on Twitter. Thank you guys so much for checking us out. This has been our patch notes episode, which we're excited to tell you what you can be expecting at ESO the next few months. And yeah, it's been fun. I love patch notes. Yep, I always like to read them, so it's nice to kind of share the experience of, you know, giving you guys what the patch notes are. If you can't exactly read them, like, you know, you can listen to this on your commute to work, so that's always cool. Yeah, there you go. Like me, who <laughs> can't always just stare at all these patch notes. But yeah, I hope you guys had a great time listening, learned a bit of info, and we're so glad that we could be here for you. We will see you all next week, and yeah, have a great weekend. Enjoy! Yep, bye guys. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Have you ever wondered how deep the Elder Scrolls lore rabbit hole goes? Have you got a grasp of the basics and want to find out more about the universe? Written in Uncertainty is here to help you. We'll be mixing in philosophy, theology, and whatever other theory is useful with Elder Scrolls texts to untangle some of the biggest questions in the series, like what are Dragon Breaks? How does Chim work? Where did the Dwemer go? And more. Check us out at writteninuncertainty.com or find Written in Uncertainty on any podcatcher. Thanks for listening and catch you later in the grey maybe of Tamriel.